I'm Michael Bennett with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're listening to the Gridiron Show. Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show, and not any Gridiron Show, but the 100th Gridiron Show. Have we got something special planned for you? No, we do not, because we totally forgot until about 10 minutes ago when somebody pointed it out on Twitter. Uh, we do, however, have Kelvin Beecham. We've got Paul Boslersley. We've got Sunday previews. We've got me being Billy Big Bollocks. Loads of other stuff to get to. This is The Gridiron Show. to the Gridiron Show and uh, loads to get to this week. Uh, it is our 100th birthday. We're going to be talking about the Bengals bandwagon, which is back in action. Uh, we've got to talk to you about our plans for after the uh, Washington game at Wembley. We're going gaga. We're talking some Super Bowl. We're talking Thursday night football, previewing the weekend. And we'll hear from the Jags, Paul Pozlozny, the defensive captain and good friend of the show, Kelvin Beecham. Plus, Ollie is going to have plenty of opportunity to rip into me for being Willy Billy Big Bollocks. Why have you been Willy Billy Big Bollocks? I, I, like, I almost kind of want to save this for when we play out the Kelvin Benjamin. All right, wait, wait, Benjamin, wait, wait, wait. In, in Kelvin Benjamin? That, he wasn't here. Kelvin Beecham interview. Um, but yeah, there was a series of events at Jags training today whilst I was with uh, Paolo Bandini. Oh, which, Paolo. Oh, Paolo. Which made me look like uh, <laughs> an utter wanker. <laughs> like, genuinely, I couldn't have looked more like... Like, I thought I was famous, but definitely really wasn't but it was horrendous it was kind of nice at the same time to be recognized for my brilliance but ollie we turned 100 today well yeah, yeah, yeah whatever we, we i asked you for a, some water and you bring it in a mug yeah well there's no glasses well, plastic glasses better than a mug yeah but those plastic cups are tiny this way you get a good glug of water a glug of a glug of mug oh <laughs> I, what i loved this week was the fact that we called out someone who works here at Talksport 2 on the show and somebody replied to you who yeah. listens saying i know that guy i'm really glad you called him out he's a bit mental yeah yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> that is truly incredible. Uh, we mentioned that we're going to be doing a party after the Cincy Washington game at Wembley on the 30th of October. Can you confirm to me the date? Details. Because, <laughs> it is the 30th. <laughs> it's the, the 30th, 30th of October. Yeah? yeah. It's my mum's birthday, okay. not Halloween. So it's the 30th. Yeah, the 30th of October. Which is what, a Sunday? A Sunday, <laughs> straight after the Wembley game. Not a 31st? No. Okay. Not the 31st on the Monday. <laughs> Uh, okay. maybe, there may have been a couple of posters that went out there saying the wrong date on it. I'm blaming Matt Sherry. Uh, so, we're doing a party. We're doing it back at Bloomsbury Bowl Lanes again. They've got another two screens installed at this point as well oh, as wow. what they already had. The UK Packers are coming, coming down. As oh, are, those are great guys. As are the Kansas City Chiefs Kingdom UK guys. Sam Quek is going to be there. I had confirmed today as well as she's joining us on our Talksport 2 show this weekend. Quek is going to be there. Uh, Vernon has said he'll come, but I don't know whether that'll actually happen because, <laughs> because he's told me that before and it's not happened Nat Coombs should be there but we don't know that for certain because he's doing BBC so he should be there afterwards Carlson is apparently going to be making an appearance so it's going to be a chance to you know bump into and meet all of these people and buy them a beer and thank them for all their good work for NFL in the UK over the past year and enjoy a post-international it's basically a loving it's going to be a bit of a, bit of a loving I but like that 
but it's... not one of those weird ones. Not a bit like you at Jags training today. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be okay. Billy big bollocks. Yeah, it's it's not gonna be embarrassing <laughs> in any way. Uh, yeah. So we. Uh, I've already got to impl- a reply to this really important message from my wife. That is unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> Live messaging uh, on the podcast. Yeah. I'll tell you about what happened today. I, uh, for people no, no, to- I've got to finish plugging the party first. Okay, on. go on. Gridiron well, hyphen- don't, don't, why would you go on to your text message? Gridiron-magazine forward slash after party. Tickets are £10, but for that you get a free Gridiron magazine worth £5 and a free beer worth £4. So you're essentially paying £1 for the joy of our company. Soft drinks are available as an alternate to the free beer. Um, and it's going to be we're going to be showing definitely showing the Sky Game and Red Zone and a selection of other games based mm-hmm. on what availability is what the games look like don't forget it's the early kickoff for that Sunday the 30th so it's the random one where our time zones are an hour closer to America for one week because they do their fall back a week earlier than us so our Wembley game kicks off at 1.30 instead of 2.30 yeah. and the 6pm games go up 5pm so 5pm we're opening at 4 so if you leave the game early or don't go to the game you can still come down we'll have the games on from 5 there's only two games at 8 and that is Chargers Broncos oh. and Cardinals Panthers. Oh, for once the NFL have done it right. <laughs> so this that is, is incredible. So it's going to be a really great night. We'd love for you to join us down there. Tickets are already selling. Gridiron Hyphen Magazine forward slash after party. I'm done plugging. Well done, mate. Uh, you can, do you want to send your text? On the, no, I've sent it. Oh, wow, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I, I do all, all the things. It's just, I, I had to, Sarah's friend is staying over tonight. They're going to Ultimate Power. Um, and They didn't invite you? No, I've been invited, but I'm working at like 5am tomorrow morning. So you can't, fact, do, you can't friend, do that again. Her friend is taking my ticket. Um, and right. they're going with like Sam Howard, who you know, but nobody listening knows, and all those guys. Okay, okay. Anyway... So I had the dubious pleasure of getting up this morning and cleaning the house because last night I promised I'd do it and instead I went to bed early, got up and watched Thursday night football and didn't do it. Uh, do you know what? Cleaning the house would have been better than watching Thursday so, night football. <laughs> well, this is it. Thursday night football last night, we must have known it was going to be so bad because we forgot to do a preview on uh, TGS 99. We actually forgot to look forward to Thursday night football at the end of the show. I mean, that's pretty disgraceful, And that's isn't it? considering how firmly I am on the Bengals bandwagon. Oh, wait, I've got some new music for that. Check this out. Excellent. Yeehaw! Woo! All aboard! <laughs> 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 mixes, mixes with the cat noises when the Bengals aren't playing I well. felt like that crazy guy from Last Chance U. Bengals bandwagon boys. Should we talk about this quickly first? Then let's get it well, out of the way. May as well get out of the way. AJ Green went nuts uh, following his disappointing game at the weekend. 173 yards and a touchdown. A Cincy defense, which was inspired by Vontae Perfect's return, clamped down on the Miami Dolphins. A 22 to seven victory. The only Miami touchdown coming on a ludicrous deep bomb to Kenny Stills from a, after a blown coverage but uh, otherwise the Bengals absolutely dominated this game of football and the only real disappointment is that they didn't add a slew more touchdowns they just uh, had to settle for a lot of field goals yeah terrible on third down weren't they terrible on third down the Dolphins run defense is legit like Jeremy yeah. Hill ran in two touchdowns against the Broncos and I know he didn't have a huge amount of yards beyond that but he can punch the ball in and actually that front four of the Dolphins is good mm. and a really really like um, uh, Kiko Alonso coming back he's starting to look like he has that same closing speed that he had when he first came to um, when he first came to Buffalo well we saw with one of the I think it was is it Quincy no it's not that's uh, the Jets um, 
uh, uh, who's their tight end the Bengals tight end oh, um, of, uh, Uzuma Uzuma so yeah. he dropped a ball pretty much open field but only Kiko and Alonso coming towards him and I think knowing how the, the pressure that, that Alonso can give there that's the reason why he dropped the ball and couldn't go in for the touchdown so yeah but Alonso and that pressure that he's bringing it's almost looking back to his his Buffalo best you, uh, and that I mean that key that's key for me and it's I, I think I I can't remember sometimes I forget whether I've said this to you or somebody completely abstract I may have said this on the last podcast so if I did I apologize but imagine how good he would be now if he'd stayed in Philadelphia and was on that Jim Schwartz super fast closing defense. What a season he could be having! But he's looking good at the Dolphins. Dolphins are a mess. Oh my god! Their backfield is horrendous. Ryan Tannehill now through four weeks is no longer their leading rusher, which is nice. Yeah. Jay Ajayi now has seventy-five yards on the season on thirty-three carries. That's on the season. Just to point that out again. I know Aaron Foster's out with a groin injury, but. They do not look good in Miami. Um, they're going to be a top five pick this year, I think, at this point. Whereas the Bengals, back on track. The season gets easier from here. I'm back well aboard the Bengals bandwagon. Woo! What about um, What about AJ Green? Tell me about him last night. Oh, phenomenal. Um, two. There were two huge plays in particular that stood out to me. Uh, he got. He had a big catch over, um, I forget the cornerback's name, number 25, um, where Dalton felt the pressure collapse on him in the pocket. And Dalton was excellent last night until they got to the red zone. And then he got a bit, didn't give away turnovers like Mm. Kirk Cousins, but got a bit Kirk Cousins-y in the red (laughs) zone. Um, But he he felt the pressure coming, avoided the sack coming from his left, from I think Mario Williams, did a little like, nice little stutter step in the pocket and then stepped up and just, set his feet right great mechanics threw a perfect bomb down the sideline and AJ Green leapt caught it it was a beautiful beautiful pass and just I think at one point very early in the night he was 5 for 5 with 120 odd yards yeah. and I just a mind blowing performance his hands he are incredible as well a very very special player when he can stay fit and healthy for a whole season he'll be massive his hands are amazing as well there was a, a, a pass down the sideline where he leapt and caught it sort of in front of the defender it was amazing and then one down the middle that I thought you were describing when you were describing just then the, the the play down the middle again Dalton feeling the pressure from his left comes rolls right steps up into the pocket and delivers downfield it's a, a fast flat hard pass that AJ Green plucks out of the air very acrobatically that's the kind of guy he is AJ Green on his day top three wide receiver in in the NFL, he's yeah. outstanding. I, th- I think there's that kind of glut of guys below Antonio Brown who all are in with a shout. And I think Antonio Brown is so impressive because he does like his route running is so crisp. He uh, just his change of pace, everything he does is bang on. AJ Green has a certain skill set, but he just does it better than anyone else. And if they can find his second receiver there, and once Tyler Eifert's back as well, I tell you. The Bengals are coming for you. And if not, later in the season, if the, if the wheels fall off the bandwagon, we can combine the sexy bandwagon music with a little bit of horrendous catcalling. And uh, that, you know, that could be the bandwagon falling apart, Ollie. This um, is another live production meeting on the I, Gridiron Show. Do you know what? I like it all. I, I, I like it all. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>
And this is how we celebrate our 100th birthday. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I did tweet it's our 100th birthday and how sh- we totally forgot how should we celebrate. Only a few tweets in. One from James Dixon, formerly of this parish. <laughs> if, 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 <laughs> he said, if I'd known, I'd have sent an e-card. Uh, Chris gets in touch saying, just an hour of Miami Super Bowl odds after last night. No, thank you. And someone said, wet crunchies for all. Is that an Alan Partridge joke I don't get because I put an Alan Partridge photo? Oh, mate, come on. You know, the, the crunchy story. I don't, I don't remember. Toby Gillis, his mum, and a crunchy. Oh, God, I was thinking about <laughs> cr- crunchy's the cereal. Uh, what are they... Uh, for, ah! <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, maybe he was. Sorry, I might have ruined no, Crunchy's the cereal. No, I think he was talking about crunchy. Oh, <laughs> God. Uh, and we also asked you to get in touch with your hysteria, etc. We'll get to all of that in a little while. Um... There's loads of big news, though, Ollie. Yeah, let's uh, let's run through some of it. Before we get to me being a Billy Big Bollocks. <laughs> Just looking at my running order. Uh, the first thing is we are going back to the Super Bowl this year, which obviously we're incredibly excited that we, we were able are to we? bring you six or seven shows uh, when we were there last year. And we are heading back. Yeah, we've got... It's, the flights were sorted yesterday or today. That's incredible. You, I, what, do you not read any of the messages that you're sent? Nope. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, more will be revealed about our trip to the Super Bowl at a later time, but we're going back to the Super Bowl. And we're not the only ones going back to the Super Bowl. An attendee who was there at Super Bowl 50 is coming back for 51. <laughs> not the song I was expecting, but okay. What song were you expecting? No, you had some Gaga thing earlier. No, you were dropping something, but I don't know. It's in the same song, man. Uh, right, I don't know. I don't know Gaga's Black Hollow, but uh, yeah, actually, it comes now, doesn't it? All right. All right. Gaga, ooh la la. I think Lady Gaga is going to be phenomenal. At the Super oh, Bowl. I can't wait! It's going to be brilliant. There was so much anger on Facebook and stuff like that. Why do people? From people why do people get angry about this stuff? It oh, could be anyone, and people just lose this. You know about whoever it is. Doesn't matter. It's going to be amazing. Just chill out, everyone. <laughs> there's a little like a subculture of people who love the NFL and love their heavy metal as well. Which I, both you and I, Ollie, are heavy metal fans. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, not you know, I'm not into death metal or black metal or anything like that but a little bit of tool i like my good i love tool i love love rage i love deftones i love metallica metallica all of those bands great Uh, but people get really angry when it's not a quote-unquote proper band playing lady gaga will put on a phenomenal show at the super bowl and she's back for houston talking of houston doing a sexy segue there nice i understood what you did yeah jj watt done for the season (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why I did that Brilliant. I'm sorry guys uh, JJ Watt is out for the <laughs> Ridiculous I just showed him a giblets uh, That's Whoa. the reaction it got JJ Watt is out for the entire season With this back injury As was confirmed by Bill O'Brien In his press conference this afternoon They have placed they place him on injured reserve on Wednesday He will not be returning during this year Can the Texans still be dominant and win the AFC South without JJ Watley? No. Do you I, not think so? I don't. I don't. No. <laughs> do, do you not think so? Do you? What was that? TDS one hundred, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, I think they were so abject against the Patriots. Abject. That I'm not sure that was down to him not being there, though. 
I'm, I don't think it's all about. I don't think it, would, it at all was. I think they're actually not a very good football team. I've never been in. I've never been on uh, the Osweiler bandwagon. It's a different. Don't think there was. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah there's no there's music a, for that bandwagon. No, but just perpetual sadness. <laughs> wonderful. Um, so I, I just. I don't see what kind of a team they are. The problem is, is that the AFC South right now is garbage. And it's, it's close to becoming yeah, the, the AFC div- disgrace. The division of disgrace. Yeah. If, there, if Sunday between the Colts and the Jags is a tie... Oh, that's it. It's, <laughs> it's given. It, I, I think it might become the division of disgrace. We'll get a great um, cheer. We're going to hear from <laughs> Kelvin Beecham later in the show, and I asked him, with JJ Watt now down, uh, knocking the Texans' chance, can the Jags from 0-3 be the first team to make the playoffs since... Uh, and, and realistically, if a team is ever going to come back from 0-3 to make the playoffs, the talent on that Jags team, combined with the opportunity that they have being in that terrible division, they could go seven and nine, eight and eight, and actually win this division because it yeah. could be so poor, and everyone could take the wins off each other. And I'm sorry, Titans fans, and I'm sorry, Texans fans. Without JJ Watt, excuse me. Oh, you're and a disgrace. Colts fans, you know what? <laughs> your team's not very good. You've got a great quarterback, but your team's not very good. Yeah. I didn't go to Colts training today. Uh, Why I went not? To Jags training because um, oh no, because we were going to have someone go there for us. Yeah, Ollie Wilson went to uh, to Colts training for us. Well, he um, sent down all the audio. That's all good, right? There is no audio from anyone from Colts training. Why not? They did no one-on-one interviews at all. Huh? They only did press conference podium stuff. Huh? And you weren't allowed to put your your recording device on the podium for the press conference. So we could rip some audio from LFL.com of a press conference we weren't at of people talking platitudes Why have they about done being that? in England. No idea. The T. Apparently, it was a team request. They didn't want to do any one-on-ones because they just flown in that day. Uh, the Jags. That is seven and nine bullshit. Do you know what? That's worse. I hope the Colts get beaten badly. Yeah. Do you know? That's the first oh, time I've told oh, you about this. You, brilliant. Great PR exercise. First time in London, guys. Play the drop again, Ollie. It'll make you feel better about the world. That is seven and nine bullshit. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Ollie is so livid. That's that. That is. <laughs> what? So, Ollie, take a deep breath. You've not slept much, and it's been a long couple of days. Um, basically, so there's nothing from playoffs. The Colts. Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? <laughs> playoffs. I just hope we can win a game. Uh, I don't think the Colts are going to. I actually feel like the Jags are going to win this weekend. I'm starting well, to feel that better, way. They better do now. The Jags. If there's any justice in. In the world, <laughs> you're going to do a blues dro- a blue drop now. <laughs> if there's any justice in the world, I realised what I was doing, I and I could. I realised what I was doing, and I couldn't stop. <laughs> it was a nightmare. Um, the Jags, we were able to go down and watch some training. I then hung out with PB in the. Uh, oh man, that's the beginning of you being <laughs> pretty big bollock. Oh it, PB man, it, I, me and PB, we hung out. I then hung out with PB in mm. the uh, little media room. Been a San Francisco baby. We mm. went down to the. Uh, <laughs> the guy, that, that impression of me has got a lot smoother and a lot suaver than it was when we were there. Um, the uh, We went down and we were able to get anyone we wanted off the field. The PR lady was meant to get me Jalen Ramsey and he ran off pretty quickly. But he had to go back and do about... 10 of the players stayed behind and did a play 60 event after everyone else got the coaches back yeah. to the hotel so he had to run and get ready and do that so that's fair enough um, and they've said I can definitely get him after the game on Sunday so uh, I really want to speak to uh, Jalen Ramsey I've loved him he's been lights so out this year so physical so impressive and so willing to just get in there and muck in I've just really enjoyed watching him play I think he's I think I think 
and someone can correct me, I think he's number one out of all cornerbacks for On yards pro. for yards per um Completion, completion against him I think it's 6.7 or something like that it's unbelievable he is playing incredibly well well that's why I wanted to talk to him but instead we got to speak to defensive captain Paul Poslosny so we'll have that in a short while I've kind of jumped ahead of myself a bit here should we go through the rest of the news first uh yeah uh, sorry, you, we started talking AFC South and then you got really angry and I, I got really thrown. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did get really angry, guys. I'd uh, like to apologise. Yesterday evening it was confirmed that uh, cle- that Josh Gordon, uh, the week that he was due to be returning for the team, uh, has had to head... Uh, he was eligible to play for ne- next week, sorry, in the Week 5 contest against the Patriots. He's now had to, or has chosen to, enter rehab enter a rehab facility. Hugh Jackson has then said in an interview to Mary Kay Cabot, who we've had on the show before, lovely uh, woman Mary Kay from the Cleveland Plain Dealer, um, said to her, we're moving on. We need to close that chapter right now. I'm not going to ask any more questions about Josh Gordon. I'm done with it. And as of this moment, reports are that Josh Gordon has been cut by the Cleveland Browns. On our, on our fantasy football league chat, a couple of... And I'm going to give props to these two guys. Well, one of them. Uh, Richard Wyatt said, why not trade him? Surely they'd get something. And uh, James Dixon replied, the issue is Cleveland can't trade with Cleveland. <laughs> Which is very, <laughs> no, no, that very is, funny. That is funny, but at the same time, Cleveland have been very good at getting draft picks for old, yeah. for old CAC this year. So that's one thing they have been pretty good at. Someone would have given up a draft pick, perhaps, for Josh Gordon. And the potential that he has shown. This could be, if he never returns to the NFL... It could be the biggest waste of talent ever. Since Johnny Manziel. I mean, sorry, ever. Um, maybe not ever. There have been guys who have been in the league and, and he's shown real flashes, but it's definitely up there. And and there was part of me last night that when everyone got angry about their fantasy teams, and I've actually got Josh Gordon on a couple of benches and have got round to cutting him or getting rid of him at this point, but I don't think he's back this season. People who started tweeting about stuff like that, and for a brief moment I was like, come on guys, this guy is clearly having serious problems. We should... And then I realised, it's Twitter. Let's all pile in. <laughs> I didn't pile in. <laughs> I, but I, I... My kind of reaction to this was, oh, again, this same thing again. Next, we're going to hear Le'Veon Bell's been suspended again for the start of next season. Mm. Uh, you know, it's just... I, I, I feel, I'm starting to feel like jo- about Josh Gordon the way I did feel about Johnny Manziel, which is I, just, I don't care anymore. And it's different with Josh Gordon because he's a very, very good football player, and yet I'm still getting to the point where I just don't... I just think, get out of the game, stop, trying to put your, stop putting yourself in these situations and sort your life out, mate. I want him to do that. I don't feel like how I do with Johnny Manziel about Josh Gordon I feel a bit sad for him I feel sad for him and the, the the waste of his talent and I hope that he does go away sort himself out and if he makes some sort of a comeback great if he doesn't just get yourself clean dude just get yourself clean just seeing you I can pick up for Josh Gordon in all those leagues do you want to take over uh, <laughs> um, what, what are you offering right. quite, quite a few more quite a few more uh, injuries to get round uh, Eric Decker has a partially torn rotator cuff apparently he did this way back in the Bills game uh, which may explain why he had so little production the following week uh, fell on the shoulder awkwardly didn't feel it initially but will miss this weekend's game with a partial tear and has been listed as week to week well that's good for Quincy Anunua yeah. Uh, who who uh, they've been using as sort of a tight end, and now that Austin Safarian Jenkins has come in, push him out wide. He's a big guy, big red zone target. With him and Brandon Marshall there, 
That, that could be quite interesting. He's He's got the real potential to be a proper number two receiver. Um, and in an offence that will throw the ball a lot. And I'm just glad that two weeks ago I picked him up pretty much everywhere because I really liked what I saw in that Bills game. Um, talking about the Bills, Sammy Watkins ruled out for another game and Rex Ryan has told reporters there's major concern about his foot injury going forwards. Uh, I've got a real issue with this. Because I keep, I don't know what the problem specifically is, but I keep imagining that there are loose bones in his foot. Like with Des Bryant, where the the foot injury last year, they were like, yeah, his his foot shattered, so there's every chance that there's lots of shards in there, um, and they're not going away anytime soon. Yeah, and it it it's, it makes me feel a bit icky. Oh, does it? Um, well, I'm a bit squeamish anyway. You know. Uh, yeah, I don't like it. But it's it's sad for I the. I don't like it. It's sad for the Bills. Um, I don't think they've really got much else. Sammy Woods, is it? <laughs> yeah, you don't even know his name. Uh, That's something amazing. Woods, Robert Woods, Robert Woods. Yeah, That's delightful. Oh, it's Sammy Watkins, isn't it? It's it Robert, is Sammy Watkins. It's Robert Woods. Um, oh, uh, Quincy, yeah, they... a new one's available in the Paolo Bandini League. Oh, uh, let me just see. Too late, mate. Picked him up. Son of a. <laughs> this is this is a man live waiver wiring. <laughs> um, I apologise. I actually, do you know what? I don't apologise. I am fine with it. Um, Des Bryant. Obviously, we know he's going to be missing. We talked about that earlier in the week. He's going to be out for some time. He missed an MRI exam uh, and team meetings on Monday and then had the MRI on Wednesday to reveal the slight hairline fracture in his knee. Would it have made a difference to him being back this weekend? I seriously doubt it. But uh, certainly that's the, the rhetoric that people are, are spilling out there. Yeah. <sighs> he hasn't really been much of a factor at all. I know he caught Dak Prescott's first touchdown t- um, pass last week, but they Dak really struggled to find Dak best mate. Um, <laughs> really struggled to find him. DP. Really struggled to find him in in the first game. Uh, there was a bit more production second game, and again, not much in in the third. He's been more linking up with Witten and Cole Beasley. We're not going to see much of Terrence Williams, I, I don't think, but. He's still a big player for Dallas, big in the in the locker room and big on the sideline, and you know obviously that physical presence on the field. So it will be a miss if he's out for anything. But they don't even know he might he might suit up. He might play a few series against. Uh, I, who are they playing? Duh, 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 duh. Against San Francisco on on Sunday. So. Um, Again, we don't know what's going on with that situation. I suspect he won't this weekend, purely because why would you risk him against the terrible San Francisco 49ers? Uh, Randy Gregory has been officially suspended 10 games without pay, uh, extending his... Uh, addition, uh, his suspension beyond the original four. He dropped the appeal two weeks ago and it had been confirmed. So Randy Gregory will be missing the first 14 games of this season. Oh, OK. Yeah. They've got zero pass rush in Dallas as it is. They're having to manufacture it horrendously. Add that to it. It's not a good situation. I mean, the the warning signs were there. And the fact that he was drafted uh, at all last year by Jerry Jones was... I mean, it's it's another one of those flyers. He is a prime case of why the way that Jerry Jones drafts and and that organisation... It's kind of like throwing a load of darts at a dartboard and seeing what sticks. Yeah. 100%. I mean, and and that is the prime example there, guys. Guys. Come on, guy. Guys. 
Mm, oh, the Broncos have got the Falcons at home in week five. Are you still waiver wiring? Let's get if we get Trevor Simeon in for Josh Gordon. I've got Blake Bortles on a bye hundredth uh, episode, guys. And hundredth uh, episode. Yeah, that's what we we'll go with. You are one of Excellent. the worst people I've ever met. <laughs> So in the one league, I've got Josh Gordon. Uh, just to inform everyone, it's a 14-team league. Uh, the one we're in with uh, Ben Priest, uh, as well as all the guys that we've done it for with for many years, James Dixon, and we did the live draft for it. Josh Gordon is gone. Trevor yeah, Simeon the, has been picked up. The live draft where there were the same amount of people live oh. there that they were <laughs> drafting. Yeah, there were seven people in the, in the room. I think it was eight or nine, actually. No, no, no. What, two, on, two people on Skype. Two people on That doesn't count. Might as well not be there. I was drafting for two people, and then there were two more people being drafted for as well. So ten people... No, no, no. ...live drafted. There were... Th- there were... They were uh, Paddy was drafting for two other people. He, no, he wasn't. He was drafting for one. No, he was drafting for two. Yeah, and himself. Come on, mate. No, three! Let's, uh... Let's, uh... Let's get to... Should we do questions, or should we get on to the, the preview of the week? Let's go questions. <coughs> Excuse me. Whoa. Um, uh, we asked people for their hysteria, etc. Uh, Gary Taylor says, "Can the Jags repeat last year's thrilling Wembley win on Sunday? Would pulling the plug on Gus Bradley really be the answer?" The guy is. Yeah, I, I couldn't do all of that. Um, it's, it's a bit of a half, a half and half that because it could be the answer. I don't. Th- I don't really know who would come in. It, it didn't quite work when um, the Dolphins brought in Dan Campbell last year. They kind of stagnated and were stale anyway, and look what they've become with Gase this year. Um, and I think they very much can beat the Colts. I don't think the Colts let's, are, are let, great. Let's um, let's do a first interview. All right, let's do that then. Let's hear from the defensive captain of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Paul Puzlesny, who I spoke to earlier this afternoon at Jags training, and I did put to him the question during this interview, is the coach's job on the line if... You don't win this weekend. Paul, well, it's your fourth trip to London now? Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> you got other guys. No, you got more important guys. Just tell me the truth. Captain of the defense. You've got to give this guy some love, Paul. This is what, your fourth time over to London now? Yes, you've been over here four times. Yeah, how's, uh, how's, it, well, how's it different for you? How's it changed? How are you enjoying the Jags being London's team? I mean, I, I think this is a great opportunity for us to, to expand our brand. And the fact that we've done it multiple times now, it, it's, it's, it's more comfortable for us. You know, we, we understand where we need to go, the settings, same practice field, and we're excited to be here. Uh, it's a divisional opponent this weekend in the Colts. How does that change you guys' mindset going into this weekend's game? I think it's an opponent that we should know well from playing them twice a year, every year. Um, and it's obviously a very important matchup for us. Division games are extremely important, and, and it's one that we need to win. I mean, there was a lot of love for the Jags last year when you, that come from behind win over the Bills. The atmosphere in that stadium was absolutely electric. But Andrew looks pretty popular here. He, he spent a lot of his childhood in London, comes out every year and does a, a quarterback class. So, I mean, if you've got the chance to get after Andrew Luck, pick him off or get back and sack him, that's going to be great in front of a Wembley crowd, surely. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, Andrew Luck is an outstanding quarterback. You know, he's an opponent that we really, really respect. We hold him in high regard. Um, but we're going to have to find a way to, to get after him, disrupt him, uh, so that he's not able to, to, to play his best game. I mean, they've had problems with their offensive line over the last couple of years. And, okay, they brought a couple of guys in, the young center in Ryan Kelly. But still, they've had problems over those first few weeks. What have you seen on the tape from the Colts so far that makes you think, yeah, we're going to get our first win of the season here? I mean, they're definitely they're still a very, very talented team. Um, the thing is, we, we, we say it's, it's all about us. We have to play our, our style of football. And we have to play at our highest level. If we do that, then we feel like we can compete with anybody. 
I mean, obviously, you guys invested a lot on the defensive side of the ball this year, bringing in two or three big-name free agent signings uh, in Malik Jackson into Sean Gibson, but then as well, investing high picks in the draft. They have those new guys slotted in on this defense. They've done a really good job of stepping right in and contributing right away. I mean, you look at our, our first-round draft pick, Jalen Ramsey. He's an unbelievable corner, and he's just going to continue to get better and better for us. And the guys that we brought in the free agency have made an immediate impact. You saw Tashawn Gibson last week with a big interception to really help, help change the tide of the game in our, in our favor. So they've been great additions. Uh, what about Jalen? So physical off the line. I mean, the guy's coming off an injury and comes into the NFL in the first three weeks. Just looks like one of the most physical shutdown corners in the whole league as a rookie. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's done an unbelievable job. I mean, he obviously has some great talent, very, very uh, talented, God-given skills. But the thing is, he works so hard at his craft and he's so dedicated to being great. That's what makes him special. What about that defensive line? Because... Dante coming back this year. I mean, we spoke to him two days before the injury last year. Absolutely devastated for him to miss out on his first season. But it's almost like you're adding, with Miles as well, who I know hasn't played a lot of snaps yet, but it's almost like you've got three first-round picks coming in on the defence. For you, as the elder statesman of this Jags defence, what does that mean for you? It means that we have great talent at all spots. You know, we've, we've bought, brought in very talented guys. It's added depth to our defence. Um, we're now, if, if guys get, get winded or someone needs a break, we have guys that can step in and play at a high level. Is there, what, is there anything you've seen in Jack in particular that I know he's only taken limited snaps so far, but that has seen you understand why people spoke about him in such terms coming into the draft? I mean, obviously uh, very talented, but the fact that he's able to learn, he's learned all three linebacker spots for us now, and he's able to play each one. So that's very, very impressive for a rookie to be able to do that. Nice for you. Get a bit of rest, a bit of time off yeah, the field. Absolutely. It helps out everybody. <laughs> um, and so looking forward to this game this weekend. You say you respect the Colts, you say that, but you guys come in here 0-3, and I'm sure everyone's talked to you about the record of 0-3 teams making the playoffs, and people fancied you this year. It's fair to say people like the Jags. So what are you going to do differently this weekend to offset those rough first few weeks? We, just, we have to continue to work on the small fundamentals and, and, and our small techniques that make an enormous difference on Sunday. It's all about having discipline. Having discipline, playing, playing with discipline, and playing it, you know, extremely detailed and at a high level. Is the coach's job on the line if you guys lose here? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think Coach Bradley does an unbelievable job for us. If, if, it's, if we're not playing at our highest level, it's on the players. It's our fault. You know, we, we are put in an environment to succeed. So if we don't, it's our fault. Now, I'm interested in a totally separate subject that's been made big headlines over here is the, uh, the national anthems, the, the protest during them, starting with Colin Kaepernick, but then spreading across the league. Now, four of you guys chose to, to take a stand this weekend, this past weekend. Going First of all, what's your reaction to the fact that there are guys on your teams doing that? I think guys absolutely have a, have a right to um, communicate or express their feelings you know, about what they think is going on in the United States. There, there, there's no doubt about that. Guys can choose to do it or, or choose not to do it. So it's, it's, uh, it's completely dependent on the person. Is there anything that you've considered? And I asked that question because Larry Fitzgerald was on the MMQB this week and he said he thought the difference would come when a white guy takes part in it as well, not just black players. I mean, I, I think that's an interesting take. I know for me personally, I need to have a better understanding of uh, the entire situation. It's not something I, I don't want to just uh, make a stand because it's the popular it thing to do. I need to have a complete understanding of both sides of the, of the conversation, have a great understanding of everything that's going on, and then I can move from there. That's great stuff, and we look forward to seeing you this weekend and hopefully the second Jags win in as many London games. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Paul Boslozzi there, the defensive captain of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's an interesting guy, and I, I, I liked what he had to say about Jalen Ramsey. Clearly very impressed with the young man. But 
he's been in the league for like 12 years now. Paul Bosley knows how to answer a question without really giving an answer. Um, I found the stuff on Black, Black Lives Matter really interesting. I actually asked that question specifically because Paolo Bandini's doing a piece on it for The Guardian. And he had a long 15 minute long chat with Alan Robinson, who's been outspoken about the same topic. Uh, and he's been speaking with Jared Odrick as well, who hasn't traveled for injury reasons, but did kneel down during last weekend's game. And I found it fascinating that he basically admitted that it would be something he would consider doing, but doesn't feel he knows enough about the situation. And as I mentioned to him, that Peter King podcast, which I think I, I said was Larry Fitzgerald in the interview. But actually, I'm trying to remember now whether that <laughs> whether that part of the interview was with Larry Fitzgerald or Brandon Marshall, who I'm pretty sure we're both on the same episode if you've not started downloading the new peter king podcast i know his old mmqb podcast people weren't so keen on because he's not got the best presentation style it's a bit lo-fi etc the way he does it now is it literally it's just two interviews in every episode and the people he's had so far steve smith brandon marshall larry fitzgerald uh, andy dalton john elway uh, there's more than that. Von Miller. Um, so he's wow, interviewed some great guests. Yeah, and each of them's for anywhere from ten minutes to a forty-plus minute interview. So it's well, well worth a listen. But on one of those, he asked the question about whether the Black Lives Matter, whether the the, the anthem protests were going to make any difference. And the player responded saying, "I think the difference will be when a white player gets involved." I can't I believe there because, hasn't been since, uh, but, so far. Well, I, what I liked about what Paul Poslesny said there was that he said, not just do I want to know more about it, but I don't want to just go along with it because it seemed to be the done thing. Yeah. I don't want to do it because I feel like I should do it, because the whole point of this is doing it because you feel like you're trying to protest something. So going along with like the crowd as a sheep, I guess, is what I'm saying, is is kind of anti what the, what the whole protest is about. So I thought that was a really considered and interesting answer, and, uh, and I liked it. Yeah, that's decent, isn't it? Should we um should we uh, should we talk about the rest of Jack's training today? Yeah. Tell me you've put it off long enough. So detail. This this ludicrous situation started because this is the first time I've seen I've been to an NFL event this year. I haven't even been to the Hippodrome or anything yet this season. So I've not seen a lot of the usual guys, not just Paolo who I see around Talksport a lot, but people like Ger Samuel uh from um Real Sport, people like Max Whittle from The Guardian who does the excellent NBA show during the season here on Talksport 2. Um you know, guys who I am f- very friendly with when it comes to like work stuff, acquaintances, um who I'd go for a beer with, but they're like people I know well enough. So when I first got there, there was a bit of glad handing going on. Do you remember that year that Sherry got really angry at me at the international series because I arrived late and I quickly said hello to the to the gridiron guys at one table. But then I went round and made sure I said hi to everyone else there as well. Cause Doing your rounds, I, I did the rounds, oh, and he dear. was like, "Look at you! You that's such a." Uh. He got all like flouncy about it. Yeah, I yeah. kind of did that when I first got there. Now that was just you know, I was just being sociable. I'm a social butterfly, Ollie. You are, you are. So we then go out and we do some of the interviews. I'm chatting to the PR and I get the purpose of the interview. And then, and then there's the then Kelvin Beecham happens. And should we just play the Kelvin Beecham interview and you can hear how this situation happened? Because as you'll hear normally, we're approaching these guys and we're asking them for an interview and they give us five minutes because Kelvin Beecham knows us from the Super Bowl and he remembered me basically. We've had him on the show the a load Bowl. of times. He, he kind of follows us on Twitter. We tweet with him quite a bit and. So he came over to us to say hello, and we grabbed him there. And Ollie, I think, described my response when he first walked over. And let's hear the audio of it. This starts off with me telling Paolo about that Peter King podcast. And I think you could describe this as embarrassing. 
don't know if you've heard um, Peter King's new podcast. Um, I can't remember if it was Brandon Marshall or Larry Fitzgerald, but on the last one, he talked about this very situation. Hey, Kelvin, man, how are you doing? Yeah, good, man. Good. Do you want to do a quick couple of minutes while we're here? Hey, I didn't know you were going to make it out or not. Because obviously, game recently and. There we go, Will Gavin Glashanding. We'll hit. Let's. We'll, do you want to hear the rest of that interview first, or do you want to? Shall I tell you the rest of my ridiculous Billy Big Bollocks story? Let's hear more Billy Big Bollocks. By the way, you're that much of a Billy Big Bollocks. You record yourself at all times. <laughs> no, it's wow! It, I, Just wow! Keep the your, mic rolling. Your, your ego knows no bounds. Keep the mic rolling in case somebody. Like comes over and you get someone just wanders over, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like Kelvin Beecham did. That was amazing. Um, and it's a great interview, and we'll have that in a minute. But I was already feeling like a bit of a knob at this point because Paolo was taking the piss out of me for being the Billy Big Bollocks. Well done, Paolo. And then, as as we do so, and so I then said to Paolo, Look, I've got this Paul Poslosny interview. Do you want the audio from it for your your piece for the Guardian? The stuff he says about the, the anthem protest. He's like, Yeah, yeah. So we start to walk upstairs. Then I see Tad Dickman, who's the head of the Jags PR, who we saw at the Super Bowl again this year. Sure, and sure. We're kind of friendly with. And he sets up with loads of interviews in the past. He's a really nice guy. So I went over and I made sure I said hello to him and I gave him like a, you know, big handshake and a kind of, you know, a half man hug thing going on. Yeah, and, awkward man hug, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was all a little bit glad handy. And and then it got really embarrassing. Oh man, how can it get worse than what it is at the moment? So it's Ga- like watching a, a an office episode. So Gary from uh, who is UK Patriots on Twitter, yeah, but was there doing some stuff like yeah, meeting some Jags players, getting some stuff signed, etc. He came over and started waxing lyrical about how much he loved the podcast and oh, stuff no. in front of Paolo. And oh no, being and being like being like being absolutely lovely. Oh we, no, no, and then we love, we appreciate everyone that loves the loves and, the and show. Gary's a really good guy. He he's come out for drinks with us at the um, Hippodrome before, and he's he's a, like great guy in his own right. And but it just was. A, after those other few things had happened, then that happens, at which point Paolo goes, I'm going upstairs. Right? So I finish with Whoa. Gary, and Paolo is chatting to Rich Wyatt around the corner just as he's about to go upstairs. So I catch Paolo up, and I'm like, Paolo, like, I'll come upstairs now, and I have a quick chat to Rich Wyatt. Sorry, this continues. So then oh Gary Jordan, the Titans fan who often tweets us, who's also there doing some Jag stuff for some reason as an AFC South fan, he then comes over... And starts going like, Will, how's it going? Like, da, da, da. And at this point, I have gone beetroot fucking red. I feel like a right knob. Like, I genuinely, it was just, these are like the only four people who would ever recognize me in public ever, and they happen to all be in the same place. And I basically looked like a right Billy Big Bollocks in front of Paolo and felt incredibly embarrassed about it in a very English fashion. <laughs> see gary he's a lovely lovely man and he did tweet saying good to bump into at will gav whilst i was in disguise today he was wearing a a, a, a jags jersey he, had, he was wearing a mincy jersey which apparently was a game jersey like pff, titans fan in a jags jersey i'm not sure i, I, I can't that. wear another team's jersey uh and yeah he's he owes me a beer bet from our who's going to finish higher the titans or 49ers from last season cool <laughs> 
<laughs> would you have that bet with him this, this year? <laughs> I, no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. You're no, claiming that beer and uh, never looking back. I think I think I might just buy him a beer and <laughs> apologise for the fact that that meant he had to pay any attention to the 49ers. Should we hear the rest of that Kelvin Be- Beecham interview then? Now, we've, uh, now I've publicly shamed myself. Should we actually hear from the one? Yeah, from let's Kelvin do it, Beecham? yeah. I didn't know you were going to make it out or not, because obviously... Game recently, yeah, and good. are you uh, are you fit? Are you good to go? Are you getting through walkthroughs? Oh, yeah, yes, on Sunday. Love that. Well, Kelvin Beecham joins us. I don't even need to give him an introduction <laughs> at this point. Kelvin, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Good to see you again. Yeah, so welcome back to London. Uh, you, you, did, uh, well, hold on. Did you ever? You weren't here with the. Were you with the Steelers yes, when they came over yes, a few years ago? Yes, I was here with the Steelers when we came over a couple of years ago. So. This is, you know, it's just like coming home for you. It's coming like coming home, but it's a lot better than it was a couple of years ago. It seems like uh, it's gained a lot more traction than it did uh, years past. Those are the words that we as British media and British fans want to hear, that for you it looks like yeah, it's got a lot better. It's, it's gotten a lot better, it's gotten a lot bigger. Um, it's like the people embrace it a lot more. Um, it's like, you know, it's like people look forward to it, really look forward to it now. So, you know, especially since I came, you know, three years ago, it's almost night and day compared to, to even the food that we get, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they know what we like to eat. They know the portions that we need are, are much bigger than uh, what they had last time. So I've enjoyed it so far. Do you get separate lineman meals? Is there like a separate line oh, in the cantina it, hotel? It's just, it's, it, I can just tell that they have really invested in making sure that we got big food, <laughs> big people food over here. So I've enjoyed it. We well, only here for the three days, so I'm sure you'd have survived, right? Uh, we had some very small portions last time. <laughs> uh, just in terms of, so you've been in Jacksonville now for what three, four months with the team, and uh, gone through the preseason, and it's been a tough first few weeks. And you've been tight in those games. The Packers within a score, the Ravens within a score, and okay, I almost feel like we have to throw that West yeah. Coast game out. We won't even talk about it. Yeah. What's been your view on the start of this season for the Jags? You know, we have been in games and we've given games away. That's me personally. Um, and we just can't do that, you know. Um, in the National Football League, you can't afford to allow games that you should have won not win because at the end of the day, sometimes those games, so say we continue, we, say we get things rolling, and at the end of the season, we wishing we had those games back because those are the games you need when you got half game leaves on people and half game leaves on, or half game behind here, you know. So you want to try to find a way to win those early games to make sure you're not – you know, trying to dig yourself out of a hole the whole season. The, all the talks this week's been 0-3, hasn't made the playoffs since the expansion and, and all that stuff. But and actually, uh, with J.J. Watt going down, the Texans are now in, in a bit of a hole potentially. And AFC South, even from your position, is still winnable, I think. It's very winnable. You know, and I, I've said that since I've gotten here. If we don't win the AFC South, then, you know, we, we haven't did some things right. Uh, but we've, like I said, we've stomped ourselves on the foot and we've, you know, put ourselves in a bad position. And we've got to get, get things rolling to, to, to put ourselves back in the position to say that, you know, we can own the AFC South. So in which case, how big is this game? The first divisional game for the Jags in London? It's huge. It is huge. It's a lot bigger than I think people understand. It's, it's extremely huge. I, looking at their defense, there's not been a huge amount of pass rush from them so far this year. From what you've seen on film, etc., are you thinking, right, this is a chance for us to keep Blake clean and maybe get some, some rhythm going on the offense? I think it is. I think it's a great opportunity for us. Uh, not discounting what the, the Colts bring to the table, but I think that we can do some things in both the run and the pass game that can put us in a very advantageous situation to get the job done and get out of here with a win. Has it been difficult with having the situation with Chris being in hospital earlier in the year and not being no, not really knowing what's going on in the running back position? You know, it's been it's been a task all the way around. You know, you know, I mean, that's that's the National Football League for you. Never know when stuff is going to pop up, how it's going to pop up, and what's going to happen. So you got to find a way to make it happen. Um, and we haven't done that yet. And we will.
Hey, look, Kelvin. Last year, Blake, one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. So far through this year, he's looking a lot cleaner already, so you're doing a job. I'm trying my best to. Trying my best to. <laughs> no, man, it's always a real pleasure yeah, to catch always. up with you, dude. Yes, and um, We'll be locker room after the game on Perfect. Sunday, so hopefully you'll be... Uh, picture, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, yes, man, definitely. Sorry, I know I'm going to get in trouble with your PR if I... <laughs> Kelvin Beecham there, talking to Will Gav earlier. Wow. You going to yeah. get a photo with him? Yeah. Are you? Are you? I, I forgot about that as well. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, conveniently left that out of your original story. Oh, oh, I didn't realise. Uh, oh, I, comp- I, I, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm kind of a big deal, mate. Just, you are just deal with it. one of the worst people I've ever met. <laughs> it's, it's, but that's why you love me, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people. Can I be in a photo? People, <laughs> people here at Talksport Two have such a weird opinion of us. I reckon, like, we spend a ludicrous amount of time together. Like the idea that you sleep over at my house when we watch games and stuff—they this thing's hilarious. Why? I don't know. Why do they think? I mean, that's. I mean, because they're mother truckers. But they all think they've all got this opinion of you being like the the big. Big, big, Billy, big Willie bollocks uh, presenter. Big, big bollocks. Yeah. Uh, whereas I know you for the sham and disgrace that you actually I really, are. I really am a sham. Oh my god! Well, wow. we haven't even previewed a single game from this weekend yet. How long's this podcast been? Forty minutes. Oh dear. Right. Let's go back to Twitter questions. Which part of uh, what will be the most exciting part of Sunday's Wembley experience for my five-year-old? Says Adam Foxcroft. It'll be Henry's first game. I think it's going to oh, be... Oh, that's uh, incredible. It's going to be uh, Robin Thicke thrusting his sexism everywhere. Uh, no, I, he's going to love the whole Mate, thing. If I had a dump button, all I would dump the, that. <laughs> all of the... <laughs> <That> is, <laughs> <laughs> I thought we made an unspoken agreement not to mention that person's name. All right, no more mentions of it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he, uh, he'll love the whole thing. The razzmatazz... There'll be fireworks, there'll be anthems. Cheerleaders. An interesting question that was raised today when I was chatting to um, Max Whittle and a couple of the other guys. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the four... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> the four Jags players who didn't stand for the anthem, who knelt for the anthem last week, do you think they then stand for God Save the Queen? Well, I'm not, so... <laughs> <laughs> I might stand for the Jewish National Anthem and then sit down for us. Well, that's definitely what I did last year. <laughs> yeah, but we just we were saying, you know, maybe, like, they're not okay with the current oppression of, of black people and the treatment and the, the lack of uh, prosecution of police brutality. But they're all right with colonialism and all the terrible things we did around the rest of the world in the name of Queen and Country. Well, that was a long time ago. You can't... You know, you can't. I'm still ashamed of it. Well, it it was a shaming. It was shaming, but that was a long time ago. The whole thing about now. I mean, whoa, this is a totally different podcast. Let's move on. <laughs> we've done. We've we've uh, we've done that before. Apologies, guys. Uh, Rory Golding, get ready with your uh, guys drunk drop. Okay. Blake Bortles won't throw a pick, and will throw three or more TDs this weekend. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Uh, basically, well, we should let, we'll preview the game in a minute. That we'll get to that, but let's just finish this. Adam Barton says, "I think Aldi. He's written Aldi. I think he meant Ollie, and it's also corrected to Aldi. You are now known as Aldi. I think Aldi needs to stop predicting Chargers draft picks and start a weekly prediction of which Charger ends up on IR." Well, I think you'll find Adam when I didn't predict the last Chargers draft pick. Did you retire? I've, that's it. I'm no longer pick, uh, picking draft picks for the charges and here's an interesting one from chris at fluffy skg 
Does Colts at Jags have the fewest elite players across both teams of any international series game? Now, uh, this year? Uh, yeah, that's the question. Does he mean all time, going back to Come 2007? On, that's difficult to do. Let's, let's quantify it as this year. That's easier. Are we including Mexico as well? Oh, Mexico. Um, or just London? Let's just say just London, because with JJ Watt out, it would be the Mexico game. Yeah, and and Khalil Mack not performing to the level of last season yet, and actually Derek Carr was he's playing, he's playing really good, well, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, 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 after I said I was so worried about him, Crabtree and then Blake and then, and then well. Bortles not doing so good. Um, um, okay, so truly elite elite players in this game. So Andrew Luck, right? Yeah. Now are we talking career elite or currently elite? I think. Both, because Robert Mathis is uh, yeah. a borderline kind of Hall of Fame. Are we saying guys player. that are going to make it into the Hall of Fame? That kind of elite. Yeah, I think I think borderline Hall of Fame players. Adam Vinatieri, borderline. I don't think he's borderline. Adam Vinatieri is a is a nailed on Hall of Fame yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Is it Morton Anderson? Uh, yeah, absolutely. He should be. But in he there isn't as well. in it. So yeah, but he should be. Yeah, but he should. Be, yeah, but. We're giving our personal opinion, Ollie. We're not speaking for the entire 50-man voting panel. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, um, right. <laughs> although we should be. Yeah. Do you know uh, what? Get us on. <laughs> Just get us on. We should you do... Need, you need an international representation, let's be we honest. We should do everything. Uh, <laughs> should we? Hashtag Thursday Night Football on Sky. What? Vontae <laughs> <laughs> uh, Davis. See, I love Vontae Davis, but... I would say he is elite. I'd say he is, yeah. But I don't know if he's put together the career to be a Hall of Famer, but he has the potential to be. Yeah. I think that might be it. Everybody else has not done it. Oh, uh, career, Frank Gore. Frank Gore's a Hall of Fame player. Sorry, who? (laughs) Don't you even start. (laughs) Frank Gore has had 8,000-yard seasons and is something like fifth on the all-time rushing records. He's top ten at least. Do you know whenever he scores a touchdown, he scored one last week, um, I think of you, and I don't know why. It's weird. My first um, proper game jersey, like not just cheap crap jersey, was a Frank Gore jersey. Like a really old 49ers one. I've still got it. Is it that training one? It's like, yeah. No, I've got a proper one. Oh, have you? Um, It's a mess, and it doesn't fit me anymore, I imagine. It's about four years, five years older than that one. Wow. Still got that training one. I only wear that training one because it's massive, and it it fits me nicely. Okay. On the Jags side of things, Malik Jackson? I mean... Kelvin Beecham ofs. One, yeah. I mean, Paul Boslozny, I love to pieces. But he's Telvin, not elite, though, is Telvin he? Smith is playing like an elite player right now. It's, it depends on our quantification of elite. What I think I'm saying is that you might be right. It might be this game. Because Cincinnati, Washington has Cincinnati. That's the thing. So they've got eight or nine players on that team alone yeah. who are in that area. AJ Green, Tyler Eifert. Carlos Stanard. Obviously, yeah. Andy Dalton. Yeah. Um... Vontae's perfect right now. Oh, but, sorry, you, uh, Andy Dalton. Uh, the guy is drunk, <laughs> but there he goes. Uh, and Washington has Jordan Reed at least, uh, plus Josh Norman, who is pl- who played at that level last year. Deshaun Jackson was elite for a couple of years. I think. I think when we talk about elite, I think they're players who people pay to come and see, like yeah. those sorts of players. And then obviously uh, New York and uh, LA. We've got Todd Gurley, we've got Odell Beckham... Eli Manning. Uh, Eli Manning. So, uh, JPP. This could be the one with the lowest number. That, that, uh, that Rams defence is outstanding, Robert Yeah, Green. oh, my God. Uh, yeah, all our guys that we... 
chatted to in out in San Francisco. Um, yeah. All the, the the inside guys as well, who's Michael Brockers and yeah. uh, the best inside defensive lineman in the league, Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Brain fart on my part. Um, uh, the answer is Chris. Maybe it's a great question, though. Probably yes. That's the question. Do we need a of the day question? Question of the week. Question of, of the, the week. week. We <laughs> Why do we do it in a Danny Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, men. Uh, <laughs> the listening nation. Um. Oh, I love Danny. I Kelly. love Danny. I'm working with them all next week. Uh, we haven't even started to preview games. <laughs> no. So how should we do this? Because we need to rattle through them, really. Um, so. People don't mind if we don't go into them in depth. You can go to Around the NFL or all those other podcasts who take themselves seriously if you want that, because uh, this has already been an hour long. Should we just pick out our favourite games from this weekend and go through them, or should we just go through every game and give up? Let's our picks rattle through on the gridiron. Yeah, ah, oh, I've forgotten what I what I'd picked. Is it possible? It should, is there way of put, some way of putting some kind of timer on us talking about the games? Uh, yeah. Like, how long do you want? I'm talking like literally a minute per game. Beyond, I think we should have. We should talk. Let's talk the London game first, and then let's give okay, ourselves okay, a got, minute per game. How about forty seconds per game? And there's a crowd effect at the end. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how does that sound? Yeah, I, I think that's maybe too little. Maybe do forty seconds. Oh, 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 I've got, I've got sixty. I've found sixty. I was thinking forty seconds analysis we could do, and it's then gonna go like this. we do our picks. Check this out. Oh god, that's horrible! I'm going to feel really pressure against that. Uh, okay. All right. Let's first let's talk about London first of all, because what do you think? How do you think Colts Jags is going to go? I, I prefer the ticking clock. Yeah. Okay. Um, but quieter. How do you think Colts Jags is going to go this weekend? Um. Oh no, that's really there's so much pressure, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of passing uh, from both. Oh, I don't. I don't like this from both uh, from both Andrew Luck and Blake Bortles. I think the the wide receiver is going to uh, come into play. Um, I think we'll see a lot from the tight ends. You've got Mercedes Lewis. You've got uh, Dwayne Allen on both on on either side there. You've got Jack Doyle and uh, Julius Thomas. Um, I love the tight ends at the moment. Uh, I think. Do you know we'll, if Julius Thomas is going to be playing? He's limited in practice. He was there. I think he might suit up, but Mercedes Lewis has has been playing pretty well recently. Chris Alan Ivory Robinson has a terrible record against the Colts because of Vontae um, Davis. Of Vontae yeah. Davis. Alan Hearns went off against them in both games last year, and they've got Marquise Lee this year. Marquise who has Lee been really good in walkthroughs. Really, early. Really and good, I know yeah. that's walkthroughs, but I, you know, he was making some interesting routes, and they were clearly getting the ball to him a lot. So. Chris Ivory. No, didn't see a lot of him, but again, just walked through. TJ so Eldon. They're not going to use him a lot. Um, I, I, My concern here is Blake Bortles. I'm worried. Blake Bortles is... Regression. ...all over the shop. Yeah. His throwing motion is terrible. His... Earlier in the year, James Dixon mocked me for picking up Bortles in a fancy league and called him this year's Josh Freeman. And... I'm si- we talked in the show earlier this week about the importance of quarterback coaching on a on a player and what it can do for someone like Carson Wentz when it's done right and Trevor Simeon when it's done right. I don't think it's being done right with Blake Bortles. I think if Gus Bradley goes this year, an offensive coach needs to come in. Do you know who would be? Do you know who I'd really love to see head to Jacksonville after this? Um, the guy who's in charge of the offense at the Patriots. Uh, whilst Josh McDaniels would be a great shout, and actually I would like to see that, Mike McCoy. Because he is a good coach. 
who has had really bad luck at the Chargers because of all those injuries, and I think is the kind of guy who, when he's worked with quarterbacks in the past, has done a bloody good job of it, and I think could turn around Blake Bortles' mechanics, and he could fix him. Yeah, okay. He made Kyle Orton look like a good quarterback. We've talked about this game for too long. I mean, we haven't really. I said we could talk about this game for longer, but then you decided to start skipping it. Oh, right, sorry. Yeah, I, I said we could do this one I and didn't then we realize. go back. Right, now let's start with the minute. Oh, who have you got, first of all? Who have you got and, yeah, what kind of size of the scoreline? Oh, are we doing that? Uh, okay, I've gone Jags. I'm not doing that with every game, but I'm I've, just intrigued. I want, I want a proper prediction for I've this I've gone one. Jaguars, Jaguars, and I'm going 35 to 28. Oh, high scoring then. I like it. like it a lot. I like that. Um... I am going to take the Jaguars. You don't like it, though. I don't like it. I don't like either of these teams right now. <laughs> I think they're both playing bad football. But I will take the Jags out of a blind sense of loyalty to Kelvin Beecham. I have taken the Jags. Uh, so, so, sorry, that was me confirming with myself once I'd opened uh, gridiron-magazine.com's uh, pick'em so uh, pick fixtures. So, are we going to take a game each, doing a minute on it, and then give our picks, or...? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so what's next? I mean, on the list, it's Tennessee versus uh, uh, at Houston. Well, that's not what my next game is. My oh, next game is the- Seattle at New York you Jets. You do your next game. The Seattle Seahawks at the New York Jets. Russell Wilson is expected to be back this weekend, but he is in trouble. He's got an ankle injury on one leg and a foot and a knee injury on the other leg. He's not looking mobile enough. And the Jets front line is excellent yes they had a bad game last week they turned the ball over a lot but I think that was a blip on the radar rather than a sign that things are going to go horribly downhill I think the Jets could be in for an upset win this week against a Russell Wilson who is banged up and I am going to take the New York Jets for this one oh you did that in 30 seconds that's pretty good man um I am saying all of that I don't know how the Jets are going to score because the Seahawks defence... This game could be like that Rams game in week two. It's going to be like 9-3 to somebody. The Jets' defence has come available in one of our leagues. Should I pick it up? I've got the Ravens, I think. Who are the Ravens playing this weekend? Oakland. Who have got the second... At Baltimore. Yes. I've forgotten what my question was. Should I pick them up? Yeah, yeah. I think I might. I think I might pick them up. I think the Jets win a low-scoring one, and the way the Seahawks win is if they get a turnover from their defense and get a short field. But I'm going to go. I've gone really bold with a lot of my predictions this week, um, and you'll see just how bold in a minute. I am taking the Jets. I have also taken the Jets. Oh, you're such a knobend. Uh, What? (laughs) You know, you know, I'm only three. Do you know what you're getting for that? Do you know what you're getting for that? You're up with the next game, and you're getting Detroit at Chicago. No, I'm not. That's not the game that I've got. I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking the Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots. Ah, uh, the New England Patriots. Who's going to play under centre for them? Both Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, Jacoby Brissett, uh, Brissett um, uh, were seen throwing today or and yesterday in practice. Uh, you've got Julian Edelman, who has been a, a a, um, a quarterback in college but uh, had a very poor final year of, of college quarterback play I think that, that storyline's out of the window no, ju- no Julian Edelman yeah I think that storyline's gone okay I'd be amazing no um, Buffalo Bills as we spoke earlier um Sammy Watkins is out but LaShawn McCoy is playing really really well they had a really incredible game um against Arizona last week 
But it is Rex Ryan against Bill Belichick. He's got a thing about losing to Belichick. I've got the Patriots. I've taken the Patriots. And I'm happy with it. I'm happy that they're going to go 4-0. I'm not happy that they're going to go 4-0, but I'm happy with my pick that they're going to go 4-0. It's the Patriots all day for me. I feel like you're feeling to tie now. (laughs) Um, I've taken the New England Patriots to go 4-0. If Jimmy Garoppolo's under centre, if it is Jacoby Brissett, then I think the Bills have an opportunity to do what we didn't see happen last week with the Texans and actually get at the quarterback. But I have taken the Patriots. Right, I'll take the Lions, uh, Bears. Is that shorter version there, the 42nd one? Uh, (laughs) Because... Um, Yes, here we go. Uh, Oh, just a sec. All of this game, for me, is going to be about who's going to be able to run the ball. DeAndre Washington did not look particularly impressive, and Theo Riddick is a pass-catching back. He is not a straight-up running back. The Bears' defence is so banged up and missing so many pieces, they are struggling. But is Jordan Howard the second coming of Matt Forte? Can he come in and run the ball down a bad Lions defence throw, who themselves are so banged up on the injury front? They're missing DeAndre Levy. They're missing... Every stage of their defence, they're missing a big-name player. And for that reason, I am going to take... I'm going to take the Lions. I can't root with the, for the Bears right now. I just they can't. They're not going to win a game of football anytime soon. Lions for me. Marvin Jones has been limited in practice this week, but I expect him to come back. They need a bit more production from Golden Tate. Um, Lions all day for me. Wicked. Next game. Uh, I am going to go for the Oakland Raiders are at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, if I was to tell you, 774 yards, three touchdowns, and four interceptions versus. 867 yards, five touchdowns and one interception. One of those uh, quarterbacks is Joe Flacco, the other is Derek Carr. You'd expect Joe Flacco to be the second guy, given his Super Bowl win. And the fact that the Ravens are 3-0. No! No! The Ravens might be the worst 3-0 team They might be the ages. worst 3-0 team in ages. The the Raiders' uh, offense is incredible at the moment. J- Derek Carr, he's, he's busting out of tackles, he's not being able to put down, hardly any interceptions. Saying that, I think they'll struggle going east into Baltimore, and that's why I've taken the Ravens. I have taken the Ravens. I prefer their offensive weapons uh, throughout. I think they're finally starting to look like a team who are gelling, and I just prefer their defense. I, I just Defense is much better. Raiders' defense right now isn't doing it for me. Latavius Murray, I predicted going into this year, would slump, and whilst he's getting big touchdown numbers, three through three games, he's only averaging 50 yards a game, um, and he's really splitting the touches in that backfield. So. All right. I am taking the Ravens. Okay, uh, as have I. It's uh, 30 seconds this time. Go! I will take the Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. I am taking a big Panthers win here. Is that all you're going to say about it? They're going to bounce back. They had the loss against the Vikings. They've got a much better defense than the Falcons. The Falcons have no pass rush in order to get to Cam Newton, which is what caused him so much trouble with the Vikings. The Vikings have got a pair of edge rushers who can contend with the very best in the league beyond the Denver Broncos. That's why they beat them. That's why they beat Cam Newton. The Falcons don't have that. I think the Falcons could score points, and I think it'll be a high-scoring game. But the Panthers. There you go. That was amazing. I wasn't expecting a horse at the end there. No, I thoroughly enjoyed the horse. Um, I I love how we stuck with the six o'clock kickoffs, and now you have a a pair of duffs to pick between here. I am going for the Cleveland Browns uh, at the Washington uh, Washington Football Club. Um, Kirk Cousins is 
playing dreadfully this year. He's unable to connect with his, um, any of his targets in the red zone. Uh, that with the Browns, who have had three quarterbacks so far, I think we might see a bit more from Terrell Pryor. They like that sort of trick play, the multifaceted um, sort of uh, version of him where he's rushing the ball, he's receiving the ball, he's throwing the ball. However... I like Washington in this. I like their their ground game. I, the, the dual threat of Thompson and, uh, and Matt Jones. What was Jones. the noise at the end that time? Yeah, I don't know what that was. That was weird. You, and it meant you went well over time. Uh, but I am going Washington. I have taken the Cleveland Browns for their what? first win of the season. I mean, that is... That's how little faith I have in this Washington team right now. That That is ludicrous. That is... <laughs> The guy is there you go. There eventually, mate. Thanks, well mate. done. So I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm juggling many things here. Uh, does that mean I've got to do Tennessee against the Texans? It surely does. Uh, the Texans will improve to three and one here against the Tennessee Titans because they are at home, because they have still great pieces on their defense, and because Lamar Miller looks like a genuine first-class running back. Their offensive line is not as bad as many of us thought it might have been. Uh, they've still got uh, weapons for Brock Osweiler to throw the ball up to. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has been brilliant this year. And the Titans, meh. I mean, they are consistently the most meh team of all time, aren't they? Not of all time, but of the last two or three seasons. Who have you taken? I've gone Texans. Right, nine o'clock games. I am taking... The Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the Rams won in Arizona last year, as we saw on All or Nothing. Um, the Cardinals had a terrible game against uh, against the Bills, Bills last week. Thank you very much. You yawning uh, there really put me off <laughs> on talkback. But Carson Palmer was awful, awful. Four interceptions, load of fumbles. Expect him to bounce back and beat the Rams in their home stadium. Big Big Caroline, uh, Arizona Cardinals win. I am the same as you. I think a blowout Cardinals win. Do I fall on my sword or do I take an actually good game of football? Um, do whatever you like. I'm going to fall on my sword. I will take the Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. I you did that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take this game because um, the Dallas Cowboys are going to hand the San Francisco 49ers a hammering. Uh, Dak Prescott, whilst he's not been Carson Wentz, has looked very good so far this year. And Ezekiel Elliott is going to have a ridiculous day. There's no Des Bryant. Expect lots of Cole Beasley in the flat, a lot of slant routes, a lot of dink and dunk. And they're going to go there and show San Francisco where a West Coast offense should be run. And I'm going to have to deal with Richard Graves for the next week banging on about it. <laughs> uh, I've bit the, the Dallas Cowboys as well. And I've got a couple of uh, quarterbacks on by. I've, I'm playing Dak Prescott against your 49ers. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I am going to take the New Orleans Saints at the San Diego Chargers. Chargers! The Drew Brees Revenge Bowl! It's the Drew Brees Re- Re- Revenge Bowl. And I think Drew Brees will get revenge. I, I know he doesn't travel well. Doesn't travel well south, west, east, north. But <laughs> can he go south? No, not really. <laughs> he goes to Cuba if he goes south. A little geography lesson. But uh, I think the New Orleans Saints will bounce back with a win. Get their first. Have they, have they won yet? No. Yes. But they will win against no, the Chargers because I don't think the Chargers are very good. They're 0-3. I have taken the Chargers in this one. Uh, I understand why because the New Orleans Saints is awful. Their, their defence is terrible. Why have I taken the Saints? What am I doing? It's too late now. You've said it on the podcast. Uh, the final of the nine o'clock Damn. games. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, 
the Denver Broncos at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Broncos just haven't missed a beat since losing the Super Bowl. They lost so many pieces on their defence. They obviously had to put in what's basically a rookie at quarterback, a guy who didn't even have a good last season of his college career, and they've looked excellent. I think we could see a lopsided road victory here. I do like the Tampa Bay offence, but I don't like them against this Denver Broncos defence. And their secondary is ripe to be thrown on by a Trevor Simeon, who last week started showing some intermediate and longer throws. Broncos for me. Yeah, Broncos for me as well. Now, oh, the Sunday night game this week. I am going to be knackered. By the time I start here at like 5am at TalkSport 2, I'm going straight to Wembley to present that show we're doing from 1 till 2 there. I'm then going to do the locker room and then I'm going to head straight to the Hippodrome in order to do go and meet people and go for drinks. And then I've got to be back in here the next morning to do my show again. But I really want to watch the Kansas City Chiefs at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't blame you. This is a really, really nice game. I think it's a really intriguing game because we've got two two two-and-one teams. We've got the Steelers who absolutely fell apart against the Eagles, against the Chiefs team who run basically the same offense as the Eagles because it's Doug Peterson and it was Andy Reid, who have plenty of great weapons of their own against the Steelers' defence who are struggling, but Le'Veon Bell is back. Now, I expect Derek Johnson to essentially be working as a Le'Veon Bell spy for the entire game, the way you'd spy a running quarterback. I just think the lack of Chiefs' pass rush until Justin Houston gets back and Tamba Harley is 100% and everything else, I just can't see them closing down a team with the Steelers I, I expect a, ba- a, a, a I expect a comeback Steelers win but if there's one game that I feel like we could see a real shock in this week I could see the Chiefs winning this Steelers are coming off their worst loss in 27 years I don't think they could they can't let that defeat happen again Mike Tomlin is too savvy and angry and angry he's for an that. angry man I've, I've been he's the a Steelers. member of the NFL who hates Will Gavin uh, Antonio Brown Right, 305 yards so far this year, two touchdowns, his longest reception is 29 yards. But I don't really remember him in any of the games that they've played. I think that's because he's been marshalled really well and kept quiet quite well, going up against Marcus Peters though, probably. So that is one of the great, that will be really interesting to see how that develops throughout the game. Now, interestingly, Marcus Peters actually plays on the opposite side of the field from where Antonio Brown normally plays. Antonio Brown normally lines up on the left of the formation, Marcus Peters on the right. He's generally not a travelling cornerback. It'd be interesting to see if, because Marcus Peters, we talked about Jalen Ramsey earlier, he has been lights out this year. And since the Chiefs buy, since they went on the really great run last year, he has been phenomenal. He's uh, tops all sorts of various different records for defensive back in the league over that time. He's a genuine number one cornerback. I just don't see him being on Antonio Brown all that much so, on Sunday. So potentially that means that Antonio Brown gets a lot more. It could have an AJ Green kind of game. Yeah, there's every potential for that. But actually, I think that with Le'Veon Bell back and D'Angelo Williams running so well between the tackles, I think you get in behind David DeCastro, you get in behind Morky's Pouncey, you attack the interior of that Chiefs defence, and you gash them up the middle for six, seven, eight-yard games gains at a time. Could see Steelers going back to like some 70s Steelers football. Um, and uh, I would not object to that whatsoever. I love a bit of 70s Steelers football. I've taken... I actually took the Chiefs on Pickham. Um, I think I've talked myself into changing that to the Steelers. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's unfair. 
I haven't clicked submit prediction. I thought I picked the Saints on Pickham, but you said I couldn't. You I couldn't said, change. You said on the pod you were taking the Saints. No, 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 but only because I put them on Pickham. You can obviously change it on the Pickham. How can I change it? I can't go in and change your details. I'm going to change it. I'm going Chargers. And then I really like Monday and Night I've Football. And I've gone Steelers, as well. by the way. I really like Monday Night Football as well. The New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we've, I think we've waxed lyrical about the Vikings for some time now. And I still think they win this one at their US Bank Stadium. Catchy. The Glass House. Yeah. Um, but the, 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 the Giants are an interesting team this year. I think the Giants should be able to compete for a playoff spot. Yeah. The NFC East looks like a really good division this year. And Washington may well go from first to worst. <laughs> uh, yeah, none of those are hysterical. Everything comments. I've said there is hysterical. I've just said I like the NFC East this year. Well, no, that's that whoa, whoa, that is hysterical. Saying you like it, but to say it's a good division is not hysterical. To say that the Washington can go from first to worst is not hysterical. So, but this Giants defense, yeah, this uh, Vikings defense is so good. And I don't think the Giants will be able to get any sort of running game going, so I am taking the Minnesota Vikings. As am I. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. No, we're not. Why not? Because it's time for Neil Dutton's (gasps) Fantasy Darlings. You did a much better one earlier. Fantasy Darlings. Mm, Fantasy Darlings. You made it slightly Germanic. Yeah. Uh, Thank you to Neil Dutton, one of the great if not the best fancy writer in the UK. In fact, I'm going to say it. The best fancy writer in the UK. He does us our weekly Fantasy Darlings section. That was much better. Why don't um, you do it like that every time? Fantasy Darlings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, fantasy Darlings. It's the extra, it's the nasalness. That Darling. Uh, so thank you to Neil Dutton for that. That was TGS 100. Well done, man. Celebrate 100. Who would have thought? Come on. Um, the, uh, what yeah. we'll do... Uh, just keep that music going. We'll do the outro over it. Um, thank you to everyone who's tuned in, who's joined us for these hundred shows. Keep getting it out there to everyone in the listening public. Tell your friends. Get them downloading. Come find us at the Hippodrome this weekend. Remember to listen to Talk Sports 2 between 1 and 2 p.m. wherever you are to get all the build-up to the game as well from me and Ollie. And on the next show... We will actually do a bit more of a proper celebration. Let us know your favourite bits from the first hundred shows, and I might even cut some of them. Oh, nice. If no, if you get in touch with us on Twitter, at Gridiron, and do that, or email gridironpod at gmail.com. I think that's the right email address. It might not be. Just at Gridiron on Twitter, and we'll set up a DM conversation with you. Then we will happily put out some of your favourite moments. If you don't do it, we'll gloss over it and pretend I never said this. Right, Ollie? Right. Brilliant. Enjoy your week four, everyone. Enjoy Sunday. Come to our party. It's a celebration. That's gridiron-magazine forward slash dot com forward slash after party. Ten pounds, free beer, free copy of the magazine, and you hang out with us. Oh, one thing we hadn't discussed, Ollie. Sorry, I know we're now extending the podcast. <laughs> we could do a podcast at yeah. the event. During the late games. Pubcast. We don't have the second room this year. We've only got the main room. But we get the second room after 10pm. We could, at half-time of the second games, set up and get in front of an audience of people going to the game and coming to our event after Washington Cincy and do a live podcast in front of 
an audience that's probably only be 20 or 30 people, but it might be really fun. It could be really fun. If you think that's a good idea and you can be there, key, because we don't want anyone who's not going to show up and us do it just on our own, at Gridiron. Well, no, that would be home. normal, though, wouldn't it? Gridiron.com forward slash after party. Go buy your tickets. Love you long time. Bye.